All right, that sounds it's time for yet another episode of the Shower Beer Podcast. My name is John, and the grass is greener on my side. My name is Chris, and I bought 10 cases of White Claw on a four-day period. Tonight's episode is dedicated to William Myko, and we are back after quite the hiatus. It's been I don't know, probably about a month and a half now, realistically. At least five weeks, yeah. Maybe six. So it's been... Uh, I think we were... I think we were due to record the weekend after July 4th, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, that clearly didn't happen. And then I needed some time, um, before I wanted to come back on and you were a good sport by not even asking just kind of, you know, figured you'd let me reach out whenever I was ready to go ahead and uh, record again. Yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it was a clear cut time to defer to you and, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, heck we, we were in kind of a weird time even before just with uh, yeah because you know we were doing about like a bi-weekly maybe every three week episode because the world was basically shut down yeah you can only talk about people not wearing masks for so long yeah exactly uh but yeah so for those who don't know i'm pretty sure everyone listening to this basically knows but uh, yeah my brother suddenly passed away uh saturday july 4th or sunday july 12th more like july 5th and yeah it was been really rough. Been real shitty. You've been real stressful on me and the family and the friends, and um, really sucks. Uh, he was a fan of the pod, obviously, and um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's been pretty shitty. Um, I wouldn't be able to have gotten through it if it wasn't for the great structure I have in place of uh, family and friends and um, coworkers and just you know everybody and. Yeah, it sucks, and I miss him a lot. I miss uh, I miss talking sports with him every day. Just the other day, uh, like a uh, uh, dude on the Phillies hit a grand slam. Like my first instinct was to like grab my phone and text him because I know he never got the Philly stuff out in Michigan. So like whenever something big happened, I'd always be like it would be like my instinct to uh, you know to shoot him a text or whatever. But um, yeah, it just it sucks. But you know, like life. Life has to go on. Um, but my my life definitely just like shut down for a few weeks, and um, you know that first week was just crazy. You know, you go from hanging out, you know, hanging out with them the night before to two days later planning a uh, planning a funeral service in a forty eight hour period. It's just not not normal, not not good for anybody. Um, but. Yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, what was going on, and we're back. Uh, my, my work was super accommodating with everything, gave me all the time off I needed. They're checking in on me daily, uh, you know, and uh, obviously um, the uh, the viewing was just tremendous. The, the amount of people that showed up, um, you know, with, with COVID and distancing and everything, it was tricky. You know, I, didn't really, I really didn't know how it was going to go. Um, you know, people came in, you know, they, they had a capacity for the building and people came in two at a time and, um, it was, uh, it was great. It was really, it actually helped me a lot. It was a lot of closure, just seeing faces, people I haven't seen in years. And, um, the, the thing that really got me the most, I think was, I mean, there was a contingency of employees from Michigan that came out, I'd say about seven total, um, which was just, it just blew my mind. They all flew out from Michigan and, uh, it was, it was great. And, um, 
we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a like a like a, a, a actual like service. So the last half hour of it was for just friends and close you know close friends and family, and um, it was weird because I kind of had to decide who like on the spot. So I was like in the uh, here's another crazy thing too. You'll get a kick out of this job. Um, so like a lot of people, you know, it's like hug somebody, thanks for coming, hand sanitizer. Like, I think I went to a whole bottle of sanitizer in like an hour and a half. Um, but it was just like getting overwhelming. I had to, I had to go and get some fresh air. So I, like, I kind of like walked, cause I was in the, you've been to viewings before, like, you know, how the family's in the viewing line. Sure. Sure. I was in the viewing line and obviously like, I just, I was just getting hot. I had to step out and get some fresh air. I go outside and I go to hook a left to like where my mom's car was, where my mom's car was. There are, everybody that had come to the viewing never left because it was like a, like a freaking Dickinson reunion. Like, and not only that, just like all, like, you know, a lot of the guys and family, I went outside to like, you know, just catch, catch my breath. And there's like a hundred people out in the parking lot, just like little, little groups talking and catching up. It was just, it was just wild. It was a testament to how popular, and you know, how, how, you know, how I love them and everything but yeah, that, you know, it's just, it's been tough, but we're here and we're talking through it and um, everyone's always checking on me how I'm doing and like, I'm doing good, but I'm more worried about like my parents, you know what I mean? Like that's been, that's been tough for everybody. And I know this is really funny material, but I just kind of, that thing a little, but, uh, but yeah, so I miss them terribly. I'll never forget them. Um, you know, things are. I don't really, I'm not a real religious person. I'm somewhat spiritual in a sense. Like, doesn't really make sense to me, but uh, life goes on and it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, outpour, the outpouring of support was really nothing short of spectacular. I mean, from what I've seen, from what I saw at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, from people that were, we, uh, were close to him to just casual acquaintances. I mean, if you knew Bill, like, you know, you said you'll never forget him. I don't know that anyone will ever forget Bill. Like he was no, just, you can't. <laughs> you can't. He was just such a big personality, and like he'd always light up to see me, no matter how long, whether whether it been like two days or six months. He, he just he would just light up, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a tough one, man. I mean, one of uh, you know, the, his last you know his last day here, you know, on Saturday, July Fourth party, he was bummed to find out you weren't you know weren't going to be at the island this year. He was like, "You aren't even coming." Like, you know, he was so. So bummed about it, and he, I will say this, um, and this is what a few people have said to me: my brother had one hell of a going away party because he had an absolute blast at my July Fourth party Saturday. He was just so excited to see everybody. I barely talked to him. I mean, I, I spoke to him a lot. He set the party up, but like once, once people started coming, you know, he was just, you know, hey, how you doing? What's going on? You know, he was just, you know, he was just being built. So it was just, you know, it's a bit sad, but like, you know, I, I, that's one of the takeaways is like, you know, if it was his time, it was his time and he had a hell of a last day, he didn't struggle, you know, there's no, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's awful, but, um, I really think he enjoyed his last day here and I think about that literally every day. It really helps me. So yeah. And, um, yeah, speaking of putting Bay, I, I just went. Um, kind of transition to that a little if you want. And I, uh, 
well, part of the reason we went, well, I mean, we were, we were going to go, you know, I guess when he passed, one of the things, the question was, well, oh, the trip's still going to go on. And it's funny, after that, we ended up picking up even more people. More people decided they wanted to come. And I think part of that was because, you know, like, you know, like memory for Bill. And two, um, I had let him know that I was planning on spreading um, his ashes in the lake, in Lake Erie, because, you know, that was like our vacation spot, you know. Um, especially when he moved to Michigan. Um, and I was only seeing him a handful of times throughout the year. I knew the most I would actually spend time with him was usually what May. It would usually be, you know, three, four days. Um, so, yeah, we did that. We did the film. Um, it was kind of weird. You know, like, I was just sitting there, like, it was time to, like, spread the ass and get a kick out of this. And, like, obviously I had to be the one to do it. But I'm looking at Amy, I'm like, how the fuck are you supposed to do this? <laughs> like, I, I like I don't know. Is there like a, a appropriate way to do it? Are you supposed to do it a certain way? Like you know, it was just weird. I'm like, I've been, I'm like, should I watch the fucking YouTube video, like a tutorial <laughs> on how to do it? Um, but no, yeah, it, it was nice and it, it was like somber. Um, for just for your perspective, John, for somebody that's been to the island before, we did it uh, Friday morning. We went to breakfast and then we drove to the point where like we normally drive, mm-hmm. and that's where. We did a little walk through the woods and ended up doing it. Uh, ended up doing it there, and uh, it was nice. It wasn't super long. My aunt, my aunt made a nice speech, and uh, me and Amy walked out, uh, you know, ten fifteen feet into the lake, tried not to fall, and uh, I just kind of, you know, did it, and everybody got super sad and quiet, and then uh, my wife passed out beer to everybody. Which was great because I really needed a fucking drink after that, <laughs> and then yeah, then that was it. You know, we went back to the went back to the uh, bird's nest and got ready for the winery. So yeah, so yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head with one of the things you said leading up. You know, he wouldn't have wanted you to cancel the trip because of him, and it's it's it is such a fitting send off. Yeah, it was. It was a fitting send off, and it was like a little long. Like, the way I've been dealing with it is, like, little chapters, like, little closure chapters. Like, uh, I'm not sure if it's too morbid or anything, but, like, you know, he did pass away at my home. So, like, my, my my father was the one to find him. And then, obviously, me and Amy saw him, and we had to go through that, you know, somewhat traumatic experience. Um, and, honestly, I was so looking forward to the viewing because I needed to see him again in a more presentable not that he was, not, it wasn't bad or anything, but you know what I mean? Like, that's not the lasting image you want to see of somebody. If that makes sense. So, the, the, for me, the viewing was very important because it was like the, it was like a chapter. It was like a chapter of closure, you know what I mean? And then, and then the, you know, doing the ashes was like another chapter. And um, it just helps. It helps closure a little bit. Now, me getting back to work, get back into like a routine has been, you know, has been helpful. Uh, putting day was needed. I needed that trip more than ever. Uh, it was good to just kind of like, you know, and it, you know, it wasn't like a normal trip because one COVID. Um, to put it in perspective for those who have listened who have been to the island before, um, so John, you get a kick out of this. We get over the island. We get on the ferry. Uh, got all the first timers there, um, and you know, we get the carts. We, we check into the next. The next one is check in at one o'clock. You, you set a four. So that was a win. And uh, we check in, and I'm like, all right, well, well, let's go downtown, get some booze. But before we get booze, uh, we got to do our, you know, in, we got to do our Irish car bomb. 
Of course. You know, that was Bill's thing. That was like the thing. Yeah. I don't know if you know the, the true story behind the first car bomb on the island. Do you know, like, the background for the first car bomb? I don't know how long, because I feel like the first time I went, like, we didn't do the Irish car bomb yeah, right so away. It's not like a, it wasn't like a yearly tradition, but the first year I went to the island was me, my brother, Mark Becker, and Brian Center. And, you know, there were no traditions at this point. You know, everything's new to us. You know, it's our first year experience on the island. And um, so Saturday comes along, and we, we hit like a like a like an early lunch. We go to that Irish that Irish bar, mm-hmm. you know, for lunch, and we're all hung over from the winery the day before. And um, the, the server comes. Uh, you know, I just ask for a water. Set your ass for a water. Becker gets a soda, and fucking Bill just goes, "You gotta take an Irish car bomb." <laughs> and like. None of us had even thought about drinking for the day. And it's so unlike Bill, because he's just the one that's dragging ass. So he just like, yeah, I'll take a car bomb. And we're like, what the fuck? So I was like, all right, I'll take a car bomb. And then, like, just the peer pressure just ensued. And we went from, like, all hungover, like, not really looking forward to drinking the last day to, all right, let's just get car bombs and get this day get this day roll. So that was the first car bomb I ever took on the island. But, um, so, he, so we get there, and I go to the restaurant, you know, and I go to open the door, and it's closed. Oh. So it was closed on Wednesday. So um, I don't know if you knew this about the island, but a lot of the restaurants during the week, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they close. Like they take shifts, like two close Monday, two close Tuesday, two oh, close Wednesday. Okay. Um, they deep clean. They deep clean the restaurant, and they um, they send their employees out for COVID testing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I've been reading about it on the Chamber of Commerce's like website that. Each each restaurant has been taken, you know, outside of the outside of like the pool bars that got busted for by the the what's it called the Ohio Department of Health or Health and Services mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, outside of a couple of violations in July from a couple of the pool bars, all the other bars and restaurants were, were taking it very seriously. It was very similar to Delaware, like walk in with a mask. You can't just walk in; you got to be seated. Um, once you're seated, um, you know, server will come to you, and no party's bigger than 10. Our group was 13, but we had no problem breaking up into, like, groups of five, six. You know what I mean? Like sure, it, wasn't, sure. it wasn't a big deal. Um, so we ended up just walking down the real bar and uh, doing a car bomb there instead. Yeah, I mean, car bomb, make, car bomb. You make do with what you got. Yep. So as we were leaving there, the real bar, we decided to go get a rum runner to Mojito Bay. And as I'm walking there, I'm like, I see him. I see a, a white-haired man in a white hat <laughs> walking to the liquor store. I'm like, that's fucking Pat Daly. And like, Tussie's like, no, it's not. I'm like, dude, I've met that man. That's fucking him. And uh, Tussie goes, yo, Pat. And he turned around. And like, we just bombed, like 13, like half drunk <laughs> people just bombarded this man. And, uh. But he was like, you know, just like he, just like he was we met him before. We just uh, he was super excited to like take a picture with us, talk to us for a few minutes. And, um, yeah, so met Pat again. Went to Mojito Bay. Um, I was an idiot. I decided to drink four rum runners in about. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So sounds... you think about that sugar in your stomach for yeah, a few right? minutes. Oh. So, like, uh, Ricky Peely was like, bro, you okay? I'm like, nah, man, my stomach was just turning. So I went to the bathroom and just made myself throw up. 
I haven't done that in like 10 years. And I walk out and I feel great. Amy goes, it's Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Like, is this really how the trip's going to go? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, got to clear room for Lobster Mania. <laughs> uh, um, so you had but fun. yeah, so going Wednesday is definitely a win, John. Going the day before. All right. Because Lobster Mania is definitely worth it. Okay, noted. I mean, I, I was never um, against going on Wednesday. Like, that was never an issue. What, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so, let me tell you another thing, too. You know, a lot of people were worried about, like, because, you know, a big part of going to Putin Bay is, like, you know, going out at night. You know, the nightlife, the bars, the restaurants, the DJs. The Level bands, up. Like, I, I get it. Um, everything closed at 10. Um, learned a little something about what they did in Putin Bay, though. Yeah. Bars? Yeah. So, last calls at 10, they don't close till 11.30. And at the bar, <laughs> this was at Real Bar, this was at Beer Barrel, this was at Mr. Ed's. They let you buy five drinks individually at 10 o'clock. <laughs> okay. I was like, are you kidding me? So, like, they definitely were circumventing the 10 o'clock closure. I mean, you know, 1130 is not 1 a.m., but still. Um, but like I said, we... Um, but the way we party we on that island, out. like, 1 a.m. is late... Like, people are faded by one name anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so here's the deal, man. Um, usually, it's a big, you know, usually we do the bars at night and stuff. Dude, we would come back from dinner around like eight or nine, kind of decompress for like an hour, and then we would reconvene on the porch at the three-bedroom cottage, like all of us. And we just fired up the DeWalt and... Tusty brought some like strobe lights for the porch. Of course, he did. And man, we just sat around, just you know, taking turns, passing the phone around, playing music, singing along. Um, dude, it was so much fun. It was just chill. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the normal Friday Saturday nights going out. But yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. The uh, they recognized me at the winery again, John. You'd be proud. Nice. I am proud. I am proud of you. Um. Well, it's kind of hard to like not figure it out when thirteen or actually fifteen people show up in matching Hawaiian gear. <laughs> um, you uh, you saw my wife's bathing suit last game, right? Her what? You saw my wife's bathing suit, right? I did. Yeah, so for so my wife decided to get a custom bathing suit with my face plastered all over it. Um, that Tussie somehow stole and decided to wear to the beach Saturday. Seems right. Seems right. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, just overall. I do too all, but great trip. Uh, we missed you, but totally get it. And I'm looking forward to you being there next year. God, I sure hope and, so. Oh, I, I need I need a count. I need a I need an official guess from you on the number on the claw wall this year. Oh, number of cans. Yeah, we counted. I mean, I saw the video. I didn't count them. You just throw a number out there. Forty-one. How much? Forty-one. Ninety-three. I meant forty-one twice and a quarter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, good for you. See, I, but yeah, if I was there, I wouldn't have contributed to that. It just seemed like every, like, um, seemed like every few hours, I uh, we were just buying more white claw. So um, I didn't see any pictures that included the VIP section of the pool. Oh, uh, was it was it was it closed down this year? Um, there was a. Uh, there was a blonde girl at the pool hanging out, and she worked there. Ooh. She was like one of the, yeah, we were talking. So, like, 
I guess what she told me she worked there, I didn't feel like destroying her. her whoa, 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 whoa. We, didn't just, we didn't destroy anything, first off. No, we didn't. We just rearranged. For anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, so last year we're down at the pool, and uh, it started raining. And I don't mind rain, especially when in a pool. But I don't like rain getting in my drink. So to me, the obvious solution was to create a VIP section in the pool. So I took a table, some stools, and an umbrella, threw them in the pool, and had a VIP section right there in the middle. And it was wonderful. It was more than wonderful. It was also great for staying out of the sun, because I'm I'm pretty fair-skinned. So it was a double win. Yeah, um... Pool party Saturday wasn't as epic, um, but it was still good. Music was good, some big booty mix. Um, hung out with the Ohio girls a little bit. Um, that was so funny. Um, Amy made 250 uh, vodka and rum freeze pops, by the way. I see. And um, it was funny. Saturday, there's this girl at the pool just like... Um, um, just like sitting out there with her friend, and like you know how you know how the birds are there. I just talked to each other last friendly. On um, Saturday, I walk up to her. I'm like, "Hey, how you doing?" She goes, "Pretty good. How you doing, Chris?" And I'm like, <laughs> "She knows my name. I can't be good." I was like, uh, "Have we met?" She's like, "Yeah, you were at the pool yesterday." And then like I was like, "Oh, I was at the pool, but I don't remember the pool from after the winery." <laughs> She was like, and then I'm like, I'm so sorry. She goes, I'm having a wee man yet. She goes, you were really nice. She was like, you were just really drunk. I'm like, oh, makes sense. The story checks out. Um, yeah, I had no idea. Oh, and another fun story. Uh, there's another set of, like, girl, like, three girls that were staying at the nest, and we're all talking to them. And they were like, yeah, we're going up to the bars tonight, blah, blah, blah. And um, we were talking about doing, like, sing-alongs. And she was like, was that you guys last night? We're like, what? She was like, I heard a group of people Friday night singing just all screaming, singing songs, like doing karaoke at like one in the morning. I'm like, yeah, that was us, but it wasn't karaoke. We just like to sing. <laughs> um, she was like, are you doing that tonight? We're like, yeah, sure. So like, it was so funny. Like we're on the porch and it's completely dark. And all of a sudden it's like midnight and I hear just a voice from outside the porch. It was like, Chris, is Chris there? <laughs> and like, Amy shoots me to death stare. Like, I don't know who it is. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> And then she walked in, and it was like the girls from the pool. They were like, hey, you don't mind if we come to you? We got tequila. You know, mind you, we're leaving in seven hours, and they're like starting <laughs> to pour tequila shots. Neil's all over it. Yeah. He was like, fuck yeah, tequila. Neil was hurting, man. I, out of all the first time, Neil, Neil was hurting the most. But uh, Neil, Adrian, L, Ricky all gave their blessings in the 100% for next year. They seem pretty fired up about it. Yeah, I got to rent a cabin, I guess. Yeah, well, he, well, here's the deal with that. So, me and Amy and Eric are in like we typically are. Um, my cousin Foskey um, asked me, he goes, dude, if you book the dates while you're out there, again, let me know. Because his girlfriend Morgan has to put his her dates in for next summer by, by the middle of September. For, she's, a, she's a police officer, so like they have to put the vacation request in mm-hmm. early. Um, so, Brian and his girlfriend are going to come next year. And then um, uh, my sister said they're, they're cool sleeping on the pool out again. So all of a sudden, the first three bedroom is filled up that quick. Happens so, fast, man. Um, what's that? Happens fast. Yeah, but that's good. Um, I think, honestly, 
next year we may have a realistic shot of your your dream of filling up most of the nest. Dude, if things get safe, like really clearly safe, and the timing hits right, there will be a lot of people that are going to want to go out and unwind. Well, that's my thing. Um, I think you know, if things get safe, people are going to want to go let loose. So, if um, you know, if there's a vaccine or you know, whatever, whatever happens between now and then, I mean, like if things start, you know, looking optimistic, I'm, you know, hell, even if you. Even if you and Amanda just throw some money down on one night on a room, just so you have something locked in, you know, then you can always cancel it. That, that's where my head's at. It's just just getting so, um, like a whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever the biggest to, single bed cabin is. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, so yeah, just get whatever the uh, like the single bed cabin. Just, just get one of those for ourselves. I don't mind putting the deposit down. Yeah, it only makes you do is pay for one night, and it's one of the weeks nights, so that's not too bad. Right. But uh, yeah, man, PIB was a success. Hit for Manny Brothers on the way home. Uh, great times. Yeah. Wish I could have been there. It's all good. We missed you. I was there in spirit. I, I did the 914 each morning. Yo, can I tell you one quick 914 story? Of course. So, I, you know, I easily treated the hell out of them um, every morning at that cabin. But um, the last morning, everyone was hurting, and... I sent the group check at nine oh five. I sent the group text out saying, "Hey, Easy Street," and um, Christine was just like, "Don't you fucking dare!" Blah blah blah. And my whole cabin was like half awake, and I was I was playing it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give everybody a fucking reprieve today. Everyone's hurting. Winery day. I had like a spiritual moment. I just wasn't going to do it. You know, so it's like nine thirteen. I'm sitting up with Tussie. We're chatting. Um, plus, he hated 914, so he wasn't going to fight for it. But all of a sudden, I hear Easy Street myself, but it's not coming from DeWalt. It's coming from Neil's JBL speaker. Adrian and Elle are walking over with Fireball playing Easy Street. They're like, just because half our cabin's dead meat, we're not fucking doing it. I'm like, let's fucking go. I was so, <laughs> so excited. Uh, I, knew, I knew I liked them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's that's the last PIV story of the pod. But yeah, it was great, and we'll hopefully shatter an attendance record next year. Yeah, I think there's a good chance for it. So what was it? What was it that one year? Was that eighteen? Eighteen sounds right. Yeah, we had thirteen this year, plus a couple. But my aunt and dad made it fifteen for the day. Right, that's pretty close. I mean, we can beat eighteen, especially if you've already got what eight. Yeah. And then, you know, Adrian and they'll say that they're looking to get a so they're looking to get a cabin next year. So that's ten. Amanda and I are twelve. Yep. Figure Sarah Nasiak says she's coming. All right, so that's thirteen. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. to assume that Ray and Tussie are both likely. Jason's t- probably, likely. Probably so, Jason Rash so again. That's sixteen. Then, yeah, and then if uh you know, if Neil Neil and Derek or Neil, you know, Ricky's probably back yeah. in again. You never, you never know. Christine and Clay, uh, Dave and Kara, like any of those folks can come out if they, you know, yep. as we're winding down on weddings. Yep. Or maybe just like, so. or maybe, or maybe just like Clay and Dave come, like depending on, you know, depending on who's available and who's able to. I think you can beat eighteen yep. pretty easily. And um, you know, um, Lewicki this year was thinking about coming out just for a couple of days because of you know the ashes. Mm-hmm. But he even said to me after that it was just. It was just too much traveling for two days. Like, dude, I get it. But he was like, man, he goes, logistically, I want to make this work next year. I was like, dude, you're more than welcome. Any questions you got, just let me know. Yeah. 
anything I can do to help, you know, I, uh, you know, I'll spread the gospel. Yep. So, all right, cool. All right, so PIB is done, back to reality, getting ready for back to school. I guess realistically there's not a whole lot to talk about this topic other than uh, how long do you think it'll take for most schools to go back to virtual? I mean, aren't most schools, maybe I'm not following it because I don't have children and I'm pretty selfish, but I thought a lot of schools were doing virtual. Uh, a lot of schools are saying are offering in-person or virtual options. Gotcha. But now a, a your, majority your of girlfriend, pa- your girlfriend teaches. She has most recently been a teacher. Yes. Yeah. Um, is she teaching again this year? Or is she done? Uh, I mean, it's 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 a tricky thing, right? So there's yeah. just so much up in the air. Um, you know, so yeah, for just, the school that she yeah, goes to, being, just like I mean, she has, she has a kid, so like, how can how can she? Keep, you know, she. I mean, I remember you talking before. It's just you know, when everything kind of pivoted to virtual last year, it's like making sure your your kid is learning and trying to teach a classroom is impossible. Yeah, so you never and, every, it's, not a, and it's not effective by any stretch. So yeah, everything you know, everything's tricky. Like it's going to be difficult, and I, I think that a lot of these schools, because a lot of them have done surveying to see what the parents want to do. And overwhelmingly, parents want to send their kids back to school. Um, so I don't know. I, I just find it very easy to believe that the majority of these kids go back to school, things blow up, and they're right back home within a couple of weeks. Yeah, what, what numbers spiking? And that's no um, knock on the schools because, like, I know that like her school has really gone above and beyond, doing like crazy state of the art deep cleanings and like rearranging classrooms. And all these different things, so it's like it, like the schools are just fighting a losing battle, right? Like they don't know where these kids have been, and good luck getting kids to social distance for eight hours a day, and not at all. So I don't know. I just especially when they're cooped up all summer. Yeah, like her son is like super ready to see his friends. Like the social aspect has been really just yeah. devastating for kids that age. I mean, hell, yeah, it's, it's run its course uh, on me, and I'm an adult that. Is at least vaguely responsible. Yeah, so I mean, it's just um, it's a lose lose. I mean, there's, there's no, um, there's no, there's no like easy solution to this. Um, I think you know a lot of it is par- parents that have to work, um, especially especially essential employees that you know don't that can't work from home. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know how they do it. Work. You know, they have to go into work, and now all of a sudden their kid, they need to find, like, what, somebody to stay home with their kids, or then you're letting a stranger in your house, or, like, a, a family. You know what I mean? It's. And I was talking to one of my coworkers today, so I, I, technically I'm an essential, we're, we're essential workers because we work for a bank, but, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel essential, that's for sure. But, you know, we work from home. Like, I haven't been in the office yeah. since, like, early March. In fact, I had a problem with my computer's, my work computer's VPN, where I couldn't get online. They wouldn't let me go back into the office if I wanted to. Like I had to get, yeah, I had to bring the laptop in to get repaired. Like, I, like I yeah. met the IT guy in the parking lot. My um, yeah. So Amy got hired for a new job. I don't know if I told you that or not. Mm-mm. Um, and um, it's based out of somewhere in Delaware County. And they asked her if she was okay going in the office one on one for three days, just just for like social distance training. Mm-hmm. You know, just what I'm like, she, you know, obviously she's like, yeah, sure, whatever it takes. Um, she then yesterday saying that that wasn't approved from the top and 
there's no way anybody's going into the office right now. And they are actually in the process of uh, mailing her like a headset and a laptop and, you know, like whatever they need. And then she's waiting. They're going to get her set up here and she's going to work from home. Like she was, she was going to work from home anyway, but they asked her, she was willing to go into the office for three days of training and that got shot down. So like, no, that's not happening. You're going to train at home and we're just going to send this up to you. The companies that are taking this seriously are taking it very seriously. I, I don't know that. I don't know when I'll be back in the office. I, I'm, confident it will not be this year yeah i mean i feel like as much as we see idiots that are like anti-mask stuff on social media i still feel like a majority of newcastle county is pretty smart maybe because i'm in retail and i see people in my store all day i don't get those like anti-maskers trying to come in like the people that walk in with masks without masks when i say something to them they, like it's happened to me like three times in the last like two months. They all they, they literally like the one guy, his face got all like embarrassingly red. He's like, "Oh my god, I forgot it's in my car." He like turned around and ran out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think most of us like, have gotten out of the car and be like, "Oh shoot, mask," and like immediately yeah. grabbed it. Like that's, I mean, we, we've like, exactly I, like I spent the better part of thirty-seven years not wearing a mask. Sure, and it's funny. Like um, I uh. I had a um I had an employee um named Jack, the kid, and uh I guess like he was ringing somebody out and this guy was like, you know, just trying to make small talk bitching about everything, you know what I mean? Like like that like that helps any matters for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um and the guy was just like, you know, this is all a hoax, this that and the other and he goes, I hate wearing this thing in stores. Jack looked him dead in the eye and says, I wear it eight hours a day, and you don't hear me complaining. It's not that big of a deal. The guy just didn't say a word after that. Good. I mean, everyone, Fantastic. I, I feel like so many people just expect people to parrot back what they think. That it's like, oh, that's right. Not everyone feels this way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially where I work. You know, people in Hocast have money. You know what I mean? And a lot of them are smart. Like, people that think not wearing masks are dumb by nature. And most people that are dumb don't have money because they're too stupid to learn how to acquire it, usually. So, that, that's that's my correlation. That's <laughs> how I do it in my head. <laughs> money equals intelligence. Most, most of my clientele are smart, and they wear masks well, because it's the right thing to do. Well, that's nice. Um, yeah, so... Right. Yeah, we'll see what happens with school. You know, like I said, I, I, I haven't been following it as much because I'm not, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any kids that I know of. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so. I'm not generally a pessimist. Out, but yeah. I have my doubts. I'm not generally a pessimistic person, but I'm really fearing the worst on this one. But hopefully not. Hopefully we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So back to current events. Uh, it has been either an awful week or a wonderful week, depending on which, uh, Kamala Harris you are? I guess. Uh, I don't know which one you want to start with. What would you pick? Oh, man, well, let's go chronologically. Uh, so James Harris, the wrestler known as uh, Kamala, uh, yes. unfortunately has passed away at the age of 70. Uh, he had a bunch of health issues for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. He had, a, he had like a leg amputated from diabetes. He had a, he had a bunch of different yep. things. Um, yeah. A lot of like the really, so we, we do our death pool and 
a lot of like the research that I do, like a lot of like the really like people that are really into it have had him on their death pool for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I considered him, but like he's just been kind of stable for a while. So I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not, not going to use the roster spot. However, someone that I know <clears throat> that may be on this podcast right now, uh, yeah, did take that leap, got a juicy thirty points, and has now That's moved. A as a lot of points and you have um, now moved into a way too close for comfort second place in the standings right now yeah i mean it's only fitting out of all the entries we got that the, the leaderboard right now is down to the, the host yeah i mean I'm, i gotta be honest uh i feel good about it like because I, I i had two I, I had two hits on mine one of which a monstrous 44 points out of sam lloyd yeah and then 20 from john lewis uh, you got three hits between Jerry Stiller, K- Kamala, and uh, Regis. Yeah, There's... I feel like I feel like three hits is like good regardless. Yeah, that's tough to but do. Three out of twenty is really hard to do. I think. Well, fifty is a winning score most years. Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like I said, even though I'm proud of where I'm at, I'm not there yet. Um, I am. Um, but like I, I, I still have some like I have some really good chances on my on my like on my list still. I was actually uh let me pull the picture up again. I'll uh, and you do too. Like this is like it's a great year for us. Um but um famous famous decks. And Kim Jong un he he's not dead, right? That was like a thing. No, so he's definitely dead, but no one's confirmed it. Like he is one hundred percent fucking dead, but no one in North Korea is admitting it. But that would be a that would be a wash for you and I anyway. Yeah, but it, but it puts us it, it it takes everyone else out of the equation effectively, right? Are we the only are we the only two with him? I think someone else does, but they don't really have any other points. Yeah, so it would just be it would just be moving the goalposts closer to us. Yeah, because right now, like you and I, so I've got sixty four, you've got fifty. The next closest is 22. There's a 21. Uh, former champion Dave Caulfield has 10. Uh, let's see. There's a seven-pointer out there. But, you know, we, we've got a pretty h- handy lead. The problem is, like, pretty much everybody has at least one person that they're the only one that they have. And although it's unlikely, if they die, all of a sudden they're winning. Right? Exactly. Like, Amanda's got... Demi Lovato, if she dies, all of a sudden she's in first place. Yeah, because who would have saw that coming? Yeah, and it's just so many points. And I, have, I have some encouraging news on my front. Um, famous rapper Takashi Six Nine is now out of um, witness protection. Yeah, I just need him to hold on for a couple months. Yeah, he, and he needs to. Who knows? He's out here in New York City filming music videos. It's not good for him. Yeah, I'm hoping that like pandemic quarantining just helps push it off. I think next year I, I got to put on my list just from as an insurance policy. Yeah, because I think and I, you know there were a few other people that had it too. Yeah, like, yeah, he was pretty popular, and I get it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but most well, people have at least one person that puts them right in the running, and uh, but, exactly. But if Kim Jong Un is admitted to be dead, then all of a sudden we have, like, a two-person, like, that buffer. And there's still a lot of year left. Like, they, like we still have a lot of time left. Celebrities are dropping 
pretty consistently at this point. For sure. Sumner Redstone just died yesterday, the head of Viacom. I actually, I really considered putting him on my list, but it's only three points, so I didn't. But man, if I lose by exactly. if I lose by two, I'm gonna be furious. I really can like strongly consider putting him on because he looks like he's been dead for a couple of years already. So, oh man! Uh, but, All right, but there's so. a, but there's another Kamala Harris who's had a much better week. Uh, that would be Kamala Harris, who is now the vice yeah. president here in Delaware today. Yeah, so um, vice president nominee rather. Not actually. Yeah, yeah, I, not, um, I skipped a big step there. Yeah, kind of a big step. Not a surprising pick. Um, everyone kind of knew that Biden was going to go with a presumably a, a woman of color, um, and with Kamala having the you know experience and being a nominee for president of the you know on the Democratic Party earlier in the year, which seems like five years ago now. By the way. Oh yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. It, it it doesn't it doesn't surprise me at all. I've been I've been back and forth with this one, like whether it makes sense, whether it doesn't make sense. It checks all the boxes. Um. And like I said, I don't think. Um. Obviously, it does nothing for progressives. Uh, progressives are just you know, you know, just this does nothing. You know, they hired. Like I said. You know, a lot of the progressive movements this summer has been like, you know, police accountability, defunding the police, this, that, and the other. And they literally um, hire the attorney general <laughs> who had all these mass incarceration arrests for years in California. Um, but it is what it is. I don't think the Democrats are worried about, you know, securing progressives as much as they are trying to... Um, set a foundation for like I guess like truly undecided centralists or like you know or like left leaning Republicans that are like looking to get away from you know Trump because he's just an embarrassment um, well I think the other thing I don't is, know, I, and this is gonna I feel like this, I feel like this pick almost locked it up for, for Biden I really do yeah this is going to sound a little condescending and I, I don't necessarily mean it to be but I feel like a yeah. lot of progressives learned their lesson after 2016 no, that's not condescending at all. I mean, like, think about it. Like, like people. I, I also didn't. I, I also think that most Democrats that voted for Bernie or you know stayed home or whatever. Um, I think a lot of them didn't think Trump would actually win. I think they just wanted their voices to be heard. Oh, none of them did. There was actually a thing out there trying to swap votes. So, if you were in like a swing state, you would vote for Hillary and then somebody in a locked up state would vote for Bernie for you. And, and people like, Oh really? Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was like a thing that was going around in 2016. Um, I don't even know about that. And I mean, I, it didn't get much traction, unfortunately. Yeah. Not, not that I necessarily would have made most, it. But like, most, yeah. most people just, like I, I thought Hillary was going to win in a landslide because I don't know anything. And that's what all the experts said. Exactly. Um, the problem was, um, Hillary crushed. She she won the popular vote by like I think over two or three million, but um, yeah. she did not perform well in the swing states. Trump won the swing states. Yeah, that that electoral college is kind of a kind of kind of bullshit now. Yeah. Um, also, uh, but you know, this year I I saw I read an article about how 
Hillary wasn't polling as well in the swing states as she was nationally. So that's why the Trump team always thought they had a shot that they could win the swing states and then thus win the election. Um, Biden is up way more handsomely than Hillary was at this point four years ago in these swing states. Now, I'm not going to be a sucker and believe a poll because people still have to show up. Um, I'm not going to believe anything Trump, until November 5th or whatever it is, the day after. Yeah, you know, tr- Trump's a huge proponent of uh, quote-unquote silent majority, saying that a lot of people, when they get in the voting booth, whether they wear the MAGA hats or not, they, they still vote for Trump because for whatever reason. Um, I, don't, I don't know. This, this year feels differently. I don't. Well, I think the problem with Trump is I don't think he gets new voters. Right, like everybody that is going to vote for Trump voted for Trump last time, and yeah. I, I think Biden gets new voters—people that stayed home, people that didn't, like people that just want to get rid of Trump. That's the thing. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know shit. Don't listen to me. Get rid of Trump. Factor the fact that there's people that want to get rid of Trump. Plus cancel out the people that came out to vote last year just to ensure a woman was a president. I don't know how many people that was though. Like I, I, I know that the, the number of people like that exists, obviously, but wasn't, yeah. her, wasn't her bigger sin. Everyone, just the fact that she was so arrogant, and nobody liked her. It was that. And the, the Benghazi thing, like, you know, like you said, Trump, Trump really painted her as anti-American. You know, and anti-patriotic. Yeah. But those people, and um, but what percentage of worked. people were voting Republican anyway? Like, I, I don't know how many of those people were. I don't know how many of those votes were in play. Yeah, you, you could be right. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think this is a safe pick. Um, she's going to absolutely demolish Mike Pence in any type of vice presidential debate. Yeah, and I, I made this note in the interest of partisan fairness. Can we spend next year just rehashing what a shit show Pence is? Because right now everyone's complaining about Harris. So I feel like, I feel like don't we need to give Pence a week also? Yeah, I feel like yeah, we should definitely do that for sure. Like I think the complaints about Harris are are justified, but not enough to not vote for. Agreed. That, that makes sense. Whereas, and also like Pence is just a weird dude. Yeah, I was just saying, like, there's there's no such thing as the perfect candidate, right? Ooh, d- disagree. Oh yeah, President Camacho. Oh, well, obviously. <laughs> um, Get you a man that can do it all. Yeah, the only the only person I liked, and they and they weren't really seriously considered, but it was um, Stacey Abrams who ran for governor against um, Brian Kemp at Georgia last year, and. There was a lot of gerrymandering in those districts, and there was a lot of uh, confusion about the final vote count. And a lot of people, a lot of people, straight out believed that Abrams won. Like, but it was just bullshit. Um, and for a you know for a black woman to win Georgia would have been huge for governor. You know what I mean? Sure. But she 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 um she gained a national following. And part of me, part of my thinking was, if you if you put Abrams in in the in there, you know, um, that might that might open up Georgia as a as a, a state that always votes red as a possible state to flip. You know what I mean? But I don't think you know she's she's like an up and comer, so I don't really think she has the experience to be the vice president of the United States. Right, right. But what do I know? I'm no fucking 
I don't know anything about politics. I just go with what what people tell me. I don't even do that. Um, all right. All right, let's move on to Q and A. All right. Totally not ready for that. That's okay. Sorry, you're rusty. All right. So, all right. Um, Samantha Christie would like to know, what are some creative ways to be introduced into a wedding reception that don't require coordination? I'll defer to you on this one first because you have DJed weddings before. Yeah, I mean, so first off, great question by from Samantha, uh, co-host of Friends of Ours, The Married Girl's Guide. Uh, shout out to them. Um, I mean, how much coordination? Like literally zero coordination. Um, like if it's literally zero coordination, I'm picking very customized songs for the people, and I'm possibly going to go ahead and put in like movie quotes and stuff to make them like that, like correspond. So that way, they like you don't even have to tell them what you're playing. They can just come out and they can hear it along with everybody else and just clown on them that way. Oh, that works. If you're talking like um, really zero coordination from them. Now, if she's talking about like the corny, like they come out and like the guy throws the fake fishing line and like reels her in or like vice versa. I think that's what she's referring to. Oh, God, those are so shitty though. Like, yeah, you really got to do decent ones. Um, I feel like at this were, point you have to, like you have to actually like bring props and stuff. Cause like the easy well, non coordination ones, you like they've been done. Uh, the wedding that you DJed for uh, the uh, cloud wedding. Uh, I believe you got iced. I got iced. No, I mean that's I. I'm a proponent of icing at any time. Um. So yeah, that that's yeah. that was well done. Um. Yeah, like you said, a lot of them are pretty shitty. Um. I'm glad Sam asked this because Sam and I are actually uh, spoiler walking out together at the um, at the Caulfield wedding. Very nice. And we ha- we already have ours planned. Um, no spoilers. Say, yeah, of course not. But, um, Wouldn't be right. I've, watched, I've already watched a couple tutorial videos. I've been practicing in front of the mirror. Um, I even called out of work one day just to get a few more hours in. And I'm um, pretty excited for it. I'm not going to lie. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of hype. All right. Isaac W. Um, asked a riveting question. I'm going to read it word for word. Are you ready? Yeah, I don't know if I've seen this one yet. In the NBA bubble, who are the three players right now? <laughs> the three players. Um, I'm going to say alcoholism, chlamydia, and boredom. I was going to say TJ <laughs> uh, Warren, TJ Warren, TJ Warren. Ooh, that's a good answer. That that that's a that's a wonderful answer. All right, um, like, like does he if he keeps this up? Is he most improved player? Um. So here's the thing: I was reading that you know even though they did this eight game reset, um, they're giving out awards pre bubble and post bubble. Okay. So there's going to be like a in the bubble eight game most improved player, which is definitely going to be CJ Warren. Gotta be right. Like who? Who else is even in the running? Exactly. Um, it's basically him. So good for him. He hurt his foot tonight. But they said it wasn't. A, they, it wasn't uh, anything major. He's not going to miss anything. Yeah, they said it's. They said it's still a baby foot. So his uh, his grown up foot will yeah. come in. So, so 
So uh, I don't know if you know you're locked into a first round series at Miami. Oh, I did not know that. It's official. It's officialized tonight. And we beat them tonight, I believe. You did. Um, Sounds no, good to them. me. No, they beat you the other night. That doesn't sound right. So Jimmy Butler had a good game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he uh, he's tough when he's motivated. He is tough when he's motivated. Uh, the key is getting motivated for seven games in a bubble, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I like, I do like the Pacers in that series, but I, I think they're I think they're going to miss the bonus. I'm not really sure. Um, uh, my my fix is losing self. Hey, something's going on on your phone right now, man. You uh. So did you do you have an, a a dryer? What's that? There there's something going on with your phone right now. Did you like start doing somersaults? No, I just kind of sat up. Maybe there's a ruffle. Is is it better now? Yeah, you're back to normal. Uh, yeah, so my sisters, like I said, they drew the um, they drew the Celtics. So big series. Um, excited for it. Um. Caitlin Cook would like to know if you were offered $1 million, but it meant you had to hit every red light for the rest of your life, would you take it? This is such a good question. I, I do a lot of traveling. Dude, every red light, there are so many lights out there that you don't even think about because you just don't hit them that often. I think that you still do it, though. And I think that. That's really, a lot of money. It, it is a lot of money. Like, it's not enough money to like, retire or stop working like that. But it just instantly improves my quality of living in such a such a monstrous way, and we're also really fortunate where we live that we've yeah. got such good ninety five adjacency that I think you end up just taking like weirder routes to minimize red lights. Sure, like you know, I drive to the beach a lot, but as soon as you hop on one, you're golden. Right. So I think that so maybe maybe you buy a house closer to the interstate ramp. Yeah, and just and just kind of get smarter. And realistically, like it's gonna it's gonna suck, but you can add travel time and just deal with it, right? Now let, let me ask you a question. Now, it was it wasn't clarified in this, but what if you weren't privy to the information that you caught every red light? You just kind of noticed it, but you never noticed it was everyone. Well, that's that, not really a decision then, because like, why wouldn't you take the million dollars if you didn't? Yeah, that's true. Sure, yeah, so it kind of goes so you, were talking, you were talking about like improving, quali- you know, improving your quality of life in regards to like maybe buying a house closer to the interstate or stuff. But well, yeah, like, it'd be funny if like, you just didn't realize. <laughs> well, like with the million dollars, like I can buy a house cash. I can like put money away for like retirement and say, like, like I, I think like realistically, you don't really change your standard. Like you're not like going on trips all the time or like doing like crazy balling out stuff. You just you're just, in such a, you're just in a better place financially that everything just becomes easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so I think we're both in agreement on that question. Yeah, a million dollars um, is just such a game changer. Agreed. Amanda Marie would like to know, if someone gave you $150,000 to start your own business, what kind of business would you start? Another excellent question. Um, is this $150,000 have to be paid back, or is this just like, hey, here's seed money? Go go have your dream. I don't know. Let's um, let's for the sake of argument, um, say it's like inherited seed money from like an estate or something, and it's like, hey, let's 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 start a business with it. So I'd have to do like a business analysis, which obviously I haven't done. 
But I think it would be cool to open up a, um, think of it like an escape room, but it's not really an escape room. It's all, the floor is lava rooms. I have not seen the show yet. Well, but you've played the game, right? Yeah. I think that the floor okay. is lava rooms would be very popular. I think that you'd have to be ready and willing to adapt and grow because it's only going to be great for so long. But I feel like that could be a money maker as long as you can figure out the liability insurance. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, because people are getting tired of escape rooms. Yeah, escape rooms were definitely like, um, like you know, escape rooms and frozen yogurt kind of had the same kind of track record. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like, like you only need so many of them. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I've always had my, you know, my sports fair idea. My my local like Delaware, Delaware County. The no, um, the no fly zone. The no fly zone. Um, I feel like that probably be enough money definitely to get it started. Well, your um, your timing's good for that because you can just move into someplace that went out of business during the pandemic. Exactly. You, you can um, you can pick up all their stuff on the cheap, and then just open and roll. Open it, you know, redesign it, rebrand it. Right. Um, have some money to throw at some advertising, you know, to get that, get like what the place is all about out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that you try to find any local athletes that weren't on Philadelphia teams. Yeah. And get them to come out. Yeah, like I would love to just like get, you know, like um, Sean Restford to do like a, like a little ad for me. He's expensive, man. He's hard to get. Uh, what about like in a cameo video? You, oh, you can do a bunch of cameo videos for that. Sean Respert sadly is not on there. Video for, could you get a cameo video as an advertisement or have you personalized? I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. Because like, I feel like the thing would be is to like reach out to like Cowboys, Giants, and Redskins legends and like get like three or four, get like one or two from each team to make a cameo talking about how they're just not a big fan of Eagles fans. They hate a player in Philadelphia. And um, come to the no-fly zone where you don't have to worry about the ruckus. And yeah, I think they'd be into just it. Fucking, just fucking roll with it on social. Oh, pro tip. The absolute, absolute best bang for your cameo buck, Lori Beth Denberg is like 10 bucks. Really? Good yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know if you said, I've got a really good one. Val, my, my stepmother Val, her son-in-law Eric, um, received a Colin Mockery two-minute cameo video for his birthday. He, and he's a, I mean, he's a big Who's Line fan. And even if you're not a big Who's Line fan, like Colin's great. So it was a, it was a pretty good video. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I would I would go. That would be my ticket for the No Fly Zone for sure. Um. Kevin Lady would like to know any chance of you putting the podcast on Spotify in the future. Um, Didn't we try to do this? Last time I checked, Spotify pick and chooses what podcast they want. I don't think you could just have your RSS feed link up with that, but I, I, I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've looked. It might be worth taking a look at that again because maybe they've opened it up. Like they should have by now. Yeah. Well, you know, friend of the podcast, Devin. Um, 
former panelists, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, Got to get... We'll, we'll, we'll look into that for you. Just, just you asked specifically. I mean, we'd like to be uh, on there, obviously. Of course. Um, both show lawn probs would like to know, who do you think is better in bed? Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Like, no contest, right? Biden fucks. Yeah, for sure. Biden definitely fucks. Like, Trump... Like he's never Trump's you know, never earned anything in his life that he didn't pay for. So yeah. there's no way he's working hard. Yeah. I Honestly, that corn pop story, I think it's just a cover for his, like, sexual alter ego. Like, when, when, when the Biden hits the lights and gets ready for the lowdown dirty, he turns into corn pop. Plus, with Trump, I'm not, like, I'm not down with getting peed on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But Biden in the landslide. Not even close. Not even close. Um, Christine Maines would like to know why with the question mark. Because. What's that? Because. Because. Oh. Um, uh, I would respond with why not. I feel like that's a great. Because I wanted you to. Know, Christine, and I, Christine and I spent like almost a whole week together on this vacation. Got along. She made some great sandwiches. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, we we bonded. We figured she'd have like a cool, personal, fun question for the pod, and she follows up with why. Very disappointed. But it is what it is. All right. Moving on. Next question is from, let's see here. Jason Rash would like to know, when referring to what I'm told are quote-unquote women's breasts, do you prefer the phrase boobs, titties, or boobies, or perhaps a fourth option? Now, uh, are you, like, talking to the boys about a girl's breasts, or are you, like, referring to your girl's breasts to her? You know what I mean? I think yeah. the context of where you're using it matters. Agreed. Unless you just go with the all-purpose word, Chesticles. Yeah, chesticles works, you know, like if you and your girl are about to like get it on and you say chesticles, it doesn't kill the mood. If anything, it enhances it. No, it goes in overdrive. Yeah, you know, exactly. You, um, you, you skip four gears. I, don't know. I like saying titties. I like the way uh I like the way um Dave Chappelle said titties as uh Rick James. Yeah. I'm not um, I'm not a big you know, titties like, guy. Pizzazz on it. But like I said, it really depends on the context of what you're using. Um, I, I think more than anything, I just say breasts. Breasts, yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't hurt anything, right? Um, all right, last question, Matt Cloud. What is true middle age, aka how old is too old to buy a convertible? I feel like this is a knock at people going through midlife crises. Crises. Uh, I think it depends on the convertible. I don't think you're ever too old to buy a hard top convertible, but like a soft top, uh, yeah, I think you're, yeah, you're, you're too old to like 30. Yeah. At least I was going to say 40 though. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think, I think they're different questions. Yeah. Um, like middle, like middle age is probably like, 40, like 40s, but like the, the yeah. convertible thing, soft top, like you gotta be. You got to be young to, to pull off a soft top, or really old, you I guess. Yeah, I agree. But hard top convertibles are timeless. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they tr- yeah. they're transcendent. Yeah, you can, you can always do hardtop convertible. All right, that's, uh, that's Q&A. All right, so let's move on to some whiners. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to? I'll go first. Um, mine is kind of piggyback, piggybacking off of, um, <clears throat> off of one of our topics earlier about back to school. I'm kind of glad we didn't bring it up. Um, I have seen, um, you know, with, with school being back, uh, and with, with, um, the, the Philadelphia school district pivoting to these, um, pivoting to virtual classing classes. Um, I guess the school district has sent out memos to the parents that, um, even though, uh, you will not. Your children won't be in the classroom. They are still not allowed to wear pajamas and or hats on Zoom calls or however they're doing the digital classroom. They still have to dress um, mildly appropriate as if they were going to school. And parents are furious. Um, I don't know if they're furious over they already have enough on their hands to worry about what their kids going to wear, or they don't have the money to go back to school shopping or the time or the resources. But my thing is, get over yourself, okay? Kids need structure. Um, it's already gonna be hard enough to do structure um, in a one-on-one computer learning environment. Um, honestly, I think the kids should still wear uniforms. I think uniformity and structure will help go a long way to keeping these kids you know, paying attention and staying in tip-top shape throughout the school year and the pandemic. And I think these parents are a bunch of whining babies, and they need to get over themselves. I'm, I'm gonna do you one better. I think they should wear suit and tie. Exactly. I have no no problem with that whatsoever. Well, and also because uh, you gotta also think that in this virtual environment, it's gonna be much harder for bullies. So having the uh, extra ammunition yeah. of knowing like who only has one suit, and maybe their family's poor, it's just gonna be better for the bullies. Exactly, and all and we and we all know that I'm a huge proponent of bullying. Bullying builds character. Absolutely. So, virtual bullying is going to be a whole different animal. It's it's, it's a tough time. No, no one thinks of the bullies. What's that? No one thinks of the bullies in a time like yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, bullies' lives matter, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, all right. My whiner is based around a story of former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley who recently took to Twitter to complain that Popcorn Factory, which I guess is a company online that sells popcorn, has now okay. missed the delivery date on two, not one, but two of her popcorn orders and that she won't be buying from them again. And a number of people have responded and just said, Nikki, you know, there, there are bigger things going on right now. You shouldn't be complaining about this. You know, shame on them for maybe having a slowdown during a pandemic. Maybe it's the post office's pro- fault because you know they're 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 being sabotaged into shittiness, and people are just yeah. really attacking her for this. And uh, I'm I'm going to be honest with you, I think that all these people attacking Nikki Haley need to quit whining. So I get it that things happen, but if that's the case, then you need to change the time that you are promising for your delivery windows. Right, Nikki Haley. She just wants some delicious popcorn. Probably wants to watch a movie or maybe a favorite TV show. Yeah, and she's planning around that. I get it that things happen and things get become challenging, but you've got to communicate. You've got to change your expectations for your clients. And yeah, uh, you have to. Like, um, you know, I work at retail, and you know, we've we've had a lot of shipping issues from the manufacturers end to our warehouses end, and um. 
But the key is um, having our employees on board with, with the, you know, with the with the changes and relaying that information to the customers. That saying like, hey, typically these trucks come on Friday, but um, with COVID and everything, sometimes they can come on Monday. So you know, you kind of have to adjust. You know, you have to adjust expectations for your for your clientele, or it's a lose lose. It's all about setting clear expectations, and Popcorn Factory clearly has not done that. Uh, Nikki like, Haley was nice enough to give them two opportunities. You know, things happen sometimes, and yeah. uh, and she voiced that concern. I think that these people need to just quit whining that she's not allowed to be unhappy that she didn't get her popcorn. Popcorn's delicious. But here's the thing. It's the little things in life we need right now in a pandemic, and if hers happens to be delicious popcorn from the Popcorn Factory, um, she deserves it on time, or at least needs to know when it's really coming right. so she can plan accordingly. Or if it's delayed, they should let her know it's delayed. They, they didn't do that either. Unacceptable. Bullshit. Yep. And I think we're going to stop whining about her Absolute, valid concerns. Absolute horseshit. So, All right. Yours wins. I don't really care. That no, I great. think yours wins. You like mine? I like yours. All right. We'll call it a wash. All right. Sounds, sounds right for tonight's show. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's it for us tonight. Make sure to follow us on social media at Shabber Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Untapped. TikTok. We're on TikTok. We should be on TikTok. God no. For the, for the next two weeks. Oh, anyway, man, no TikTok. All right, that's all we got. And peace.